Studio 5 is empty, apart from behind a large pane of glass where a semi-domesticated tech monkey can be seen playing with a toy that appears to have been made up of bits of old wiring from an anaconda's cockpit, something that looks like a coffee maker but probably isn't, and a string of cockpit lights torn from a keelback. Outside, there's a lot of traffic, as the crew, desperate not to be late, are in a queue waiting to land, dependent entirely upon the adjudicator. First to land is Rudolf Hucker, resplendent in his purple python. Norma seems to be alone in her movada. Wilma Fingerdoo slides seamlessly onto the pad in her black adder, and oh yes, she's very bad indeed. Behind them, there's an orange sidewinder with property of lave radio on the side, going round and round in circles, aimlessly. And through the cockpit window, we can see Harry Balzac, who seems to have fallen fast asleep. Sensible Commander Wotherspoon exits Supercruise, takes one look at the queue and flies his blue cobra back where he came from. As the clock sweeps inexorably towards the unbreakable start time for the show of 8.30-ish, there's an unmistakable sound as the crew jostle for position in the 404 fast lift, and there's the faintest sound of a ding as it arrives. The crew run into the studio, throw their flight suits into an untidy pile in the corner, move their seats two metres apart from each other, and try to breathe normally after running for the lift. They raise their heads expectantly and face the control room window where they can see that the tech monkey is staying alert. A gloved hand raises its thumb and a voice issues from the masked face. Our mics are live! Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the news. And this week, we are the four musketeers of Hutton Orbital News. I'm not saying which one's which. You can work that one out for yourselves. This week, due to galactic events, we're standing on, in news terms, fertile ground. Is that because we're full of... Oh, oi! Wash your mouth out with soap. Sorry, Norma. You'd never hear me saying words like that. Often. Okay, maybe maybe I do, but not on air. On air, I'm seamless. Just like that lazy lockdown onesie. I'm still wondering how you actually get into that thing. I do like the little ears, though. Anyway, it's time for the news headlines. Fleet intelligence from Big Rat. Carry on, carriers. Carrying on. Meat eaters don't all like it, but a veggie might. Well-known Hutton personality fine for dropping them in Hutton space. Steward's inquiry into the runs. Atrus5060 sends one of his postcards from over the edge. Something at Hutton is really, really high. Lockdown diet 
leads to uncontrolled expansion. Commander Silwyn Stardust can claim the title of first commander to be rescued by the Fuel Rats, new fleet carrier, the Rat's Nest. After initially making a request some months earlier, the poor commander was stranded in an area of space known as the Anaconda Graveyard. The so-called so because it requires a neutron boost to enter, but once you arrive, there are no neutron stars to facilitate a return. The request at the time can be paraphrased as, I'm stuck, can you help? And the reply as, sorry mate, not without a fleet carrier. Since that time, Commander Stardust has been happily mapping away, covering every square inch of every body, leaving no similarly shaped rock unturned in an effort to keep sane, though luckily also spending time keeping up with the galactic news. This should not be confused with keeping up with Golnet news, which really doesn't take very long. And so was aware of the Fuel Rat's intention to equip their fleet with their big tanker. We're not saying that Commander Silwyn Stardust was desperate to rejoin the rest of the galaxy, but Mama Rat was in the process of picking up the keys for their carrier from the dealer and negotiating about a full tank of tritium and the first month's maintenance cost. When her phone rang, and Commander Stardust piped up with a cheery, only me. Always eager to please, the Fuel Rats decided that this would be an ideal shakedown mission. After all, they always went well for the USS Enterprise, and indeed such was the case, only losing one rat during the two-hour six-jump trip out to the graveyard. For the return trip, the carrier, the Rat's Nest, did another first, carrying the stranded ship out in one of its large bays, and then watched it take off as they reached the edge of the bubble, as the commander headed back to their base at Vega. The few rats have learned several valuable lessons here. One, that they can now attempt to rescue missions that are further away than ever before. Two, that ships can be rescued from situations hitherto impossible. And three, anyone hitching a lift on the carrier really, really needs to pay attention to the countdown to avoid being left behind as it departs the system. Exciting news from Hutton Orbital's admin office this week, as with the Brewer Corporation releasing the variations on the Drake-class fleet carrier, Alvin Deva issued an edict that he wanted to hitch a lift on the new Hutton Hot Bus all the way to Colonia. The FTM Cloud Atlas has been temporarily designated as Hutton's flagship. Yes, we do have a flag whilst he's aboard, and uh, he is bringing a few other truckers with him for company. Commander Hutton Truckers, who changed his name by deed poll as he was appointed membership manager, will be taking the trip to Colonia to rendezvous with the Hutton event carrier, the FTM Ruby Ruby Ruby, under the command of Graham Snuggles McKee. The Cloud Atlas will then refuel, rescue Cecil and make the return trip to Hutton Orbital in what we hope is the first of many Hutton to Fort Mug trips over the coming months. Progenitor Lael Wolf was originally intending to join them, but has been refused permission by the Pilots Federation as, as they put it, influence around the bubbles already a mess without you jumping ship and going on holiday. Her orange eyebrows are now stuck in a permanent frown, but she's asked that we bring Cecil back in one piece 
so she can give him one. A piece. Of her mind, that is. Alongside these two behemoths in the FTM fleet, Hutton are loaning a pair of vessels to the DSSA Deep Space Support Array with a Chris... Ah, dear, tiddly doodle. With a Christios refuge already fully refueled and heading out into the black. Hutton Space is being serviced by former Hotbox Hot Boss Rampage 737 and the FTM Alvin's Paw, based in Alpha Centauri and providing an occasional large landing pad for commanders foolish enough to fall for the joke, or coming in for a large load of rares all on their own. An order has been placed for an awful lot of limpets, just in case anyone forgets. The Paw will be engaging in near Hutton activity on an as-needed basis usually when Rampage wants a walkies. Never one to turn away anyone in need, Admiral Aiden has commissioned his own medical carrier, the FTM Alvin's Mercy, and is proceeding to load it up with bandages, soothing creams and lotions, hangover cures, and of course everything that Nurse Wyeth needs to cure the lurgy should any systems be struck down without break. Any commanders in the vicinity of Snyder in TZ Arietis, please assist in loading it up with every cure imaginable. Whilst not an exhaustive list of the fleet carriers that have been pressed into service with Hutton, these are the officially approved and Alvin-prepared carriers that come with a deck just for walkies and comfy cushions at floor level in all important rooms. Funnily enough, the snack cupboard has been placed at nose height as well, just in case his nibs gets the nibbles. <laughs> Anyone wanting to head to Colonia, final boarding has now been called on the Cloud Atlas. Make your way to Hutton Orbital and get strapped in as it's heading that away very soon. On the subject of carriers, the Brewer Corporation have finalised the details of their orbital licence with the Pilots Federation, Universal Cartographics and local governments. After a last-ditch attempt by many systems to declare a NIMBY counter-proposal that would leave carriers unable to visit many systems, boffins at Universal Cartographics, assisted by Canon Interstellar, have come to an amicable agreement. All carriers will be permanently banned from permit-locked systems, as there are rumours that shady characters, including the dastardly Don Antonacci himself, were planning on sneaking around security protocols aboard carriers and circumventing the rules thoroughly. How awfully like him, that is. That just left a number of binary planet orbits where planet A, let's call it planet Lilipu, violently objected to any nasty-looking fleet carriers owned by planet B. Let's call that planet Blifescu, uh, blocking their view of the stars as they passed each other. With a standard orbit bubble for a fleet carrier being set at 500 kilometers from any exclusion zone, the big Indians of Lilliput were concerned that the exclusion zones overlapped occasionally and the little Indians of Blifescu might be able to see them sunbathing naked in their backyards from their orbital carriers. The solution was clever application of a Barry Center orbital path. The carriers now orbit at a much wider distance around the pair of them and individual planets be damned. The ships will just orbit the pair of them and not care one jot. While testing, a number of pilots reported that they'd managed to get their fleet carrier stuck in the wibbly wavy arms of the nearest neutron star or the uber gigawatt glare of a white dwarf and whilst the unobtainium and hulls of their carriers were fine, 
anyone taking off would very rapidly discover that their ships were not similarly protected. The Brewer Corporation and associated engineering firms behind nav beacons and those cute little signs outside stations that advertise the nearest McThargoids are steadfastly refusing to reveal the recipe behind their unobtainium plating. The rotters. Which means that Universal Carto had to come up with a new shape. Not a sphere, but a giant space cylinder. Now, we didn't think that was funny enough, so we're calling it a sausage. A ship-saving safety sausage around the wibbly-wobbly arms of dangerous-looking stars. Of course, there's no news yet on what shape the exclusion zone will be around a black hole. But we're going with something complicated and decidedly five-dimensional and mind-bending. In associated news about dark matter, there has been an outcry as the Brewer Corporation have released a warning that galactic supplies of their Brewer brand yeast extract are running low. With all of their resources being moved to carrier production, the business arm that funded their domination of the love them or hate them carriers, the Brewer Corporation Brewhouse, have reported that no one has been bothering to buy beer, and as a result, the yeasty and sticky goodness that other retailers put in black and yellow jars is running low. They've restricted the available size to a little pot for your pocket and not the one-ton canister that most people buy with their weekly shop and put on everything from a hot bit of crumpet to their savoury ice cream yeasty sundaes. Hutton have responded by ensuring that every brewer launch carrier comes complete with microbrewery and onboard bar, ensuring that the black brewing byproduct will be available to all and sundry. We all know that loitering is a crime, but then again, so is littering. There is literally no latitude on litter. Launches leaving litter lead to loaded losses. Huttons, for Senec accountants, keen to complete the ledgers for Operation Hot Mess, have discovered a mild-mannered miscreant in our midst. There is a villain who ran up more fines than everyone else put together, whose carelessness with their precious cargo of mugs led to unlimited overtime on the part of the Hutton cleanup squads and led to pirates swarming around the, hut, the orbital like flies around Moof on a hot day. The name of this naughtiest commander in Hutton space? None other than I'm harmless, honestly, Flossie. In her nom d'ordure, Poppy. Flossie claims that just because she bought more mugs than everyone else and spent many hours giving them away for free to anyone who asked for them, that this should excuse her littering Hutton space with tons of mugs just because she didn't want to play with the pirates outside the no-fire zone. The Hutton authorities disagree, as they are still picking broken bits of pottery out of the superstructure, and so Flossie is currently being incarcerated at his fluffiness's pleasure in a maximum security detention centre. A defence fund has been set up by Flossie's cadre of followers, the so-called Dark Hamster Wheel, and contributions may be left in plain brown envelopes behind the pipes in Cubicle 3. Mankind's history is one of perpetual struggle, from crawling from the primordial primordial ocean, then having to search for a decent hairdryer, all the way to finding just the right shade of puce for your fleet carrier, 
but none epitomizes the sense of endorphin-releasing triumph like breaking the record for the hut and run. Indeed, this is, and, and little else, is what's been keeping Commander Brett Ribber... Keeping Commander Brett Villebo's spirits up as he has been stuck in a Groundhog Day of existence where every day is Friday. Commander Villebo's record has been unassailable for nigh on half a year, or more than two lockdowns as we know it, until they come along. You know, them. The huge monsters that travel the galaxy, making a sound like a million hippos farting underwater, and spark the great tritium tritium debate. Yes, fleet carriers. Some enter- enterprising commanders have discovered that if they hitch a lift on a fleet carrier that's on its way to Eden at just the right time, that they can appear near Hutton in just a few minutes. Now that's all well and good, but it's actually making the, is it actually making the hut and run? If you start a marathon, pick up your first water bottle, then get a friend to give you a lift to the finish line, have you actually completed the race? Will people feel obliged to still give you the sponsorship money for special effects and hearing dogs for the death? The legitimacy of the news claims has to be established and steward's inquiry will be convened just as soon as we can pry them from the Hutton Bar, because yes, they are bar stewards, and we're not afraid to be seen with an old joke, and neither is my husband, or so he tells me. Good evening, trackers. Atrus5060 reporting in with something completely different. With no signs of the Thargoids, dastardly rotters, I decided to go out to Colonia to help Ed's 38 get their biscuit tin back. I loaded up my new crate Phantom for the mission, with the hopes of using the Neutron Highway to get there quickly. Taking off from Lave Station, it's lovely there, I travelled about 2,000 light years out before recalling that I'd not checked the damage on my FSD after so many Neutron jumps. I decided to pull out a super cruise to repair, only to discover that I'd forgotten an AFMU, or is that an AFMU, to repair the FSD. A quick look up on the galaxy map showed that there was a station at the edge of the bubble that had AFMUs in stock. I set a course and made it safely to the station. After purchasing and fitting the module, I took off with the hopes of reaching Colonia this time. At 5,000 light years out, I made my final blunder of this trip. Pulling into orbit around an M-class star to refuel, I zeroed my throttle as all good boys do and left the cockpit to use the ship's facilities while the ship refueled at what I thought was a safe distance from the star. Unfortunately, it was not as the ship began to heat up. I heard the ship's alarm begin to sound. I attempted to exit the ship's bathroom, only to discover that the door was malfunctioning due to heat damage and could not get out. As my ship slowly cooked itself, the door finally opened and I returned to the cockpit and saw, to my horror, the damage had been done. With my power plant reaching critical, 
in my Venus flytrap wilting, I looked out at the fiery ball that had sealed my fate and saluted it, exclaiming for the mug as my ship blew up. In my escape pod, I had plenty of time to think as the rescue services flew me back to the bubble. I've decided for now that it's probably best to use the new fleet carrier service to get out to Colonia, so I'll be hitching a ride with the admin team on the FTM Cloud Atlas. See you out there soon, truckers. For the mug. With all the talk of the mass expenditure on new toys, and with most people not having a clue what they want to do with it, Hutton pilots have been consoling each other at being billions of credits poorer by getting as high as they possibly can. No, we're not talking about indulging in an unhealthy onion head habit. We're talking about that other addictive fix the galaxy has to offer, exploration. Admiral Snuggles McKeague loaded LCU on board the FTM Ruby 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 and headed up at speed. He hit the top, but had to stop, and that's what's bothering him. So he slunk sideways a bit and tried to head up even harder. Bagging a system on top of the galaxy seemed a good idea at the time, but there are rumours that other commanders belonging to other factions have got even higher than the Ruby did. Commander Hutton Truckers is en route to Colonia to try and join the crew of the Ruby 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 and see whether Hutton can get their name on something notable. We've got a flag, and we're not afraid to stick it in just about anything. You know, I'm not used to this. Normally, Lou leaves me a little notes like, stay off the naughty step and help over in tear. But this is just silly. I've seen smaller draft copies of the collected works of Senator Wegar, Volume 1, than this. Alvin's most unhappy as it looks like his diet is over and he's expanding at a rate that's going to leave his belly rubbing on the floor when he walks if he's not careful. With the Galactic update earlier in the week, it looks like someone at the Pilots' Federation has been at the Onion Head and sliding all the sliders up to 11. Here at Hutton, we don't like expansion, especially as our spandex isn't that stretchy and elasticated waistbands are so 3305. Alpha Centauri, George's Pants, Wolf124, PSPF LF-2, LP525-39, and most probably Wise 0855-0714 have all gone into expansion at the moment and that's not good. We're not sure that there's anything that can be done about it, but if anyone wants to break out the big hose and put the expansion fires out, dropping our influence a little in those systems, the Hot Pit team would be very grateful, as otherwise they'll be ad- advertising for a new custodian, or five. To cap it off, we've also ended up with a war for control of LP532-81, and we don't give that a little if we don't give that a little bit of attention we'll be losing that one we have an incoming message from custodian DeForce Smith of the boarding crew 
Over in LP53281 to keep us especially on our tours, the lovely fellows of 39 Tory Interstellar have decided to turn the strange universal stellar alignment into an advantage and whilst most systems are awash with tales of expansion, their secretly mounted forces for a war. When asked for a statement from the custodian's office, the reply was simple. We are a hungry bunch of truckers and thirsty for a swift victory. What the mug? If that wasn't enough, why is 0855-0714, the former pirate base that Hutton took over in the very early days, has declared a drought? Yes, they've run out of water and they've taken to drinking anything that quenches their thirst. How thirsty you have to be to drink the urine recycle, we don't know, but we're probably sure they'll be finding out soon. They've asked us not to take the pistol, but only because that they're parched. We've sent out an appeal for, to the carrier FTM Alvin's Mercy to run a mission of mercy and bring them a few thousand bottles of sparkling spring water from somewhere nearby before the situation gets out of hand and they start on the coolant fluids from their own ships. The only known person to ever survive that is Cecil, but that's because his blood alcohol level is 120 proof. Over in Colonia, things are going much the same way. Though Sinbad the Bad has been taking advantage of the situation and systematically unpicking all the hard work from the Risketeers, whilst the Pilots Federation is looking the other way. He's bad, isn't he? And that is just about all I can take for one session of these notes. I'm going to go and pay off some of these fans, unless anyone has a few billion credits to loan me. And that was the news. Thank you to the entire radio team. We've got a busy show this evening with the latest from Galnet, then Hutton's Top Trucker, more information on all the carriers and events going on, some analysis of what the blazes is happening with all this big influence, and much more. As usual, there's a theme to the music this evening, and we've got two brand new tunes, only released recently, an iconic classic, a dodgy cover, and something catchy to get your toes tapping. First up tonight, we're off to the races with Ascots by Quinn Mills. Guesses please to Commander Palantir. Oh, what a tune to start off the show. Yeah, brand new from uh, Quinn Mills. That was, that was Ascots. Anyway, welcome back to the show. And in the studio this evening, we do have the four, four musketeers. And um, we're, we're without a couple of the presenters, but I'm joined this evening by the ever-present Commander Flossie. Hello, Flossie. Hello. And then we have Commander Palantir. Good evening. Who seems to be gently drifting in orbit, for those of you watching on the video feed. <laughs> same old, same old. <clears throat> uh, yet another Earth-like just behind you there. And, as usual, drifting through some kind of asteroid belt at the moment, dodging the rocks, or maybe smashing a few of them, it is Emilio. Hey, hey, hey. God, I, don't, I don't know how you're managing to reverse at speed through that asteroid belt without crashing into anything. <laughs> seamless skill. Seamless skill. <laughs> seamless skill. Oh, no, and Flossie's, Flossie's seems to have a, a, I say a gas giant just behind you there, or is that Lou? Water world. Oh, it's a water world. 
with, with an anaconda just for, for scale. Yeah, it was on uh, DW2, one of the screenshots. And for those of you <laughs> listening on the radio or the podcast, you can't see any of this. <laughs> um, obviously, on the decks this evening, we have uh, DJ Norm MC. And for the first time, he's actually got the video cameras all working as well. So thank you very much, Norm, for uh, getting the cameras all working for us. No problem. See, normally, this is on the off weeks, but now it's every week. Well, every week we can be bothered to show you what we look like. Oh, wow. It's been a busy, busy week over, over, at, uh, over at Hutton because the fleet's been launched. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, 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 dun. Yes, um, Hutton commanders have been out spending billions upon billions of credits getting hold of these new fleet carriers. And uh, we know an awful lot of people have got them. But there are a few of them have been designated as official Hutton carriers at the moment because they volunteered to do useful things with them. So we, we've got a bit of a list of them. So would you like to introduce the, the first one of them, Sean? Give, give us the name of the first one we want to talk about. Yes, I would do, and if I was paying attention and not scrolling through the wrong part of the script, very good, very good. Yes, uh, that's fine. <laughs> so the, the first, first one we have on our on our list of I've official got Hutton I'm, carriers, I've got it, I've got it now. So don't, don't embarrass me. Further. Is drum roll, please. <laughs> For the mug, Alvin's paw. The FTM Alvin's paw under the command of Admiral, because he's had to be promoted because he's got a fleet carrier now. Admiral Rampage Seven Three Seven is based over near Hutton Orbital and is providing an invaluable service over at Hutton. Flossie, what do you think that fleet carriers might have at Hutton Orbital that Hutton Orbital doesn't have for itself? Uh, well, um, limpets. Limpets. <laughs> an awful lot of limpets. Hopefully. <laughs> Working toilets. Uh, <laughs> Working yeah, toilet, yeah. Um, does A radio station that starts them? on time. And sorry? Um, does it have shipyards on them? I don't know. I don't know much Ooh, about the carriers. It, it might there. have a shipyard. There, there is some debate as to whether the anacondas <laughs> are or are not free, but it does have a large landing pad. Yeah, that's it. Large landing pads. So anybody who's heading out to um, to Hutton Orbital in your anaconda and then gets there and go, oh, bother, there aren't any large pads. You just <laughs> pop around the corner. I think it's in orbit around Eden, which is just near Hutton Orbital. And then yes, you can park your anaconda, refuel, and then come out to, to load up with all those lovely limpets. And, and Flossie is guaranteed to fly out just inside the no-fire zone <laughs> and gain yeah. an even bigger fine by dropping you loads of uh, tons of Centauri Mikuchin and Hutton mugs, should you need. Or you could just take a selfie by the big docking port that says no entry and then put a scam yeah. up on the internet that says, look, I got my free anaconda. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was the first one. Um, so that one is going to be based over Hutton Orbital, but it's going to be getting involved in events in the nearby area. We understand that the the war that's been declared in 525-81, I think they said earlier, Flossie. Uh, 525-81, I think it was. Yeah, something like that, I think. Hang on. Uh, um, 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 um. Ooh, yes. Right. Yep, just yeah. checked. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, it's going to be attending um, combat duties over in 525-81 and ensuring we don't lose that system. So it's going to be based at Hutton Orbital, but flying around the place. So if you can't find it there, um, then you can always go and look at where it is. Um, the second one on our list then, Amelia. Yes. This is an exciting one. This is the flagship. The FTM Cloud Atlas. Yep. So well volunteered by Commander Prophet Velen. 
who um, has provided us with the FTM Cloud Atlas. And this one has one of the longer tasks, but a, a dreadfully important one, because uh, do you know what this one's going to be up to? I have no idea. Ah, this is the hot bus. Oh, wow. This is the hot bus. That's the hot bus. Yep. So the hot bus is loading up commanders at the moment. It's it's over in uh, Alpha Centauri. It's moved from somewhere near Aldin out to somewhere near Hutton Orbital. And it's taking on board passengers because it's heading 22,000 light years that away. Nice. Loaded up with people and ships to go to our base over in Colonia. And you know what our base is called, don't you, Amelia? Um putting you on the spot it's, um, on Hutt, it's on Hutton Moon I'll give I, you a hint I know it I just I can't it's on the tip but of my if, tongue if, if you were to if you were to pick up your drinking receptacle and meet a fellow Hutton trucker what might you say to them for the mug so it's called Fort Mug <laughs> there we go I knew, that. Go. I knew, knew that. that so yes it's heading out to Fort Mug <laughs> And it's it's got a, a got a route that they have planned. I'm just looking up the route. Here we go. It is in the pinned post on the Discord channel. You'll find a special hot fuck it FCIT um, channel which contains information on the various fleet carriers. And in the FTM Cloud Atlas one, there is a pinned post of the route, which I'm just popping up now. Here we go. So it's heading out to the pipe stem. Uh, <clears throat> pipe stem, yes, good joke. Sector Q Y Diddly Doodah, then to the Snake sector, then to Herschel, then the Triffid, then the Omega sector, then the Eagle sector, then Sakodai, Prufo, Bluer, Eek, and E fails. No fails allowed. E fails before arriving at Eol Prockle Centauri and Hutton Moon, where it will offload a complete fleet of commanders to help out with Ed's 38 if they haven't given up by that point and gone home. It's going to load Cecil on board because he's stuck out there. And then it's going to head back via Ephalus, Blue, uh, Eek, Proafos, Kodai, Eagle Sector, Omega Sector, Triffid Sector, Herschel, Snake, and Pipe Stem Sector before so, arriving back at Alpha Centauri. Is it actually going to be doing a continuous run? Like once it gets back, it'll be heading out that way again eventually? Or Well, we're hoping that as long as he doesn't go space mad, Commander Prophet Velen will be doing this run relatively regularly. It may not be, you know, continuous forwards, backwards, forwards, backwards, but it'll be making a regular run out to Fort Mug. Um, And it does have a shipyard, so you can land on it. You can then transfer your ships to it. You can transfer your modules to it because it's got outfitting. And you can take everything you need all the way out to Colonia and then unload at the other end and crack on with um, whatever you need to be getting on without a Colonia. That is very, very cool. I, I expect they're probably going to want miners on that trip as well to top up with tritium, tritium tr- on the tr- way. Tr- 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 tritium. Stop it. Stop that right now. <laughs> yes, let us not go there. That is a silly place. Um, well, yes, we have got an order at the moment for more fuel. They're about 7,000 tonnes shy of what they need. So if um, they're doing refuel operations over this weekend, ready for the launch. So if anybody feels like bringing some tritium, tritium <laughs> out to Alpha Centauri for us, no, this isn't a scam. It isn't one of those ha, 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 make everybody drive out to, to, to Hutton Orbital scams. It's actually there, and you can check before you jump. So if you look at the system map and you look at the ones part to Hutton Orbital, there are quite a few. Um, you'll find the um, FTM Cloud Atlas in the list. And uh, take it a few tons of 
tritium and then we'll be all fueled up ready to go we wouldn't have to leave hutton to go out to get some to come back again you can buy it or you can mine it and yes there are some miners on board in case it runs out of fuel i think it's distances i mean it's it's it, the first jump is actually only 499 so it's going to make <laughs> it one jump second jump it can make it one the third jump's a biggie they've got to get 3900 light years for the third jump so um we'll see how much fuel they've got after that and when is it scheduled to leave uh, when it's full of fuel and Alvin gets there, because Alvin is joining it. Commander Hutton Truckers is on board already. Um, I'm on board already. And Alvin is just entered the bubble. He went for an extended walkies and he's, he's heading back. So when Alvin boards it and they've got enough fuel, we're looking to be leaving. So at some point after the weekend, I would guess, but Prophet Velen will publish the timetable for the hot bus. Mm. Mm. Nice. But then, Sean, it's your turn. Uh, yes, because you said this yes. one so beautifully, the next one of the official Hutton fleet carriers is the FTM Ruby Ruby Ruby. The FTM Ruby Ruby Ruby, and where is that at the moment? I seem to remember it being mentioned earlier. Yes, yes I'm putting it you on is. the spot here. You think, are. think of a direction that's that's that's. Think of a direction from you. It could be. Oh, just left outside the window, right, or forwards or backwards, or or, or up. Yes, it's up. It was um, commissioned over in Colonia, and it is the Hutton event bus supporting events. And what they've decided to do is give it a shakedown test and take it up to get um, Hutton names on some previously inaccessible star systems. They went up 3,000 light years. They thought they'd bagged the furthest one, and then I think somebody bagged uh, 5,000 light years and went, no, 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 we've gone further than you. So they're currently, I think, hunting for somewhere else that's even more up than up was before. They have promised to bring it back to Colonia in time to meet the Cloud Atlas so that um, we can get involved with the uh, events going on and potentially move all your ships then over to the Ruby, Ruby, Ruby for event purposes. But it's going to be um, yeah, looking after event stuff over in Colonia for the time being. But Flossie, that's not all. Mm. There's another one. Uh, yes, uh, FTM Alvin's Mercy. The FTM Alvin's Mercy under the command of uh, Admiral Aiden of Hutton Orbital. Mm-hmm. And um, that has actually been rigged out as a medical carrier. And he's been over at, um, is it Snyder in TZ Arietis, loading up with basic medicines and advanced medicines and paracetamol and bandages <laughs> and, you know, creams, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um but he's been given a special mission because, as Flossie said earlier, Wise 08550714 has been struck down with something dreadful. They've run out of something vital. Ooh, water. Water, yes. So he's also been taking on water and not in the oh, help, we're sinking, Sean, kind of variety <laughs> that, that you get in, in, in old-fashioned ships. Uh, he's taking on water um, and he's going to be heading over to Wise 08550714. So if the list of things we hadn't given you to do already wasn't big enough, we've got one more. You can help go unload water from the FTM Alvin's Mercy. Uh, to I get it off if I do that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you can go and take a leak over at Wise 08550714 once it's loaded up. And we're looking for those missions that help us get out of drought. We've not seen a drought before. Mm. We're usually swimming in the stuff. But, yes, so that's that one. And then... And then, Amelia, we've got two more. 
of which I've only Two got the name more? of one of them. Two more, yes. We've loaned a couple of fleet carriers to the DSSA. Hands up, anybody who knows what DSSA. No, these aren't the people that, that hand you your oh. hand you your money. It's the first thing that pops into your head, isn't it? Yeah. No, this is the deep it was deep yeah. space. What is it? Sensor array. It's, I think. Yeah, they're putting them certain spots in the galaxy, I believe. Yep. So they're dotting them, littering them around the galaxy, so that wherever you are in space, so you could be in Flossie's reach. Oh, sorry, Norma's reach, or you could be, well, any, any one of those areas, and there will be a fleet carrier somewhere nearby just in case you have one of those moments, an Atrus moment. You know the ones I mean. Yeah. The oh no second when you try and land on a 10G world and damage yourself <laughs> a bit. So I, I believe it. They're, they're going out there equipped with all the things you might need should you bend your ship while you're out there exploring. Nice. Oh, we've had an urgent message from Admiral Aiden, who says the FTM Alvin's Mercy is currently near Davies Station in Epsilon Eridani taking on water. So if you want to get involved in the wet mission, um, then yes, you want to go to Davies Station in Epsilon Eridani and load that one up with water. Apparently he's paying reasonable prices per tonne of water. But what reasonable for water is, I have no idea. Depends if it's in a lovely little bottle. <laughs> yes, fizzy, with a fancy label on it, sparkling, nice. Nice. Anyway, so the Christios Refuge and one other, and I didn't have the name handy. If anybody knows what the name of the, the missing one is, then please do let us know. Um, uh, so here we go. Bowl of Petunias, Admiral Bowl of Petunias is running the Christios Refuge, and they have fueled 4,563 units of tritium at a staggering 300% of galactic average pricing. So they are paying very well for tritium. So you can get rich off that one too. So yes, that's the current list of Hutton official fleet carriers. We know lots of people have other ones. Um, we are looking for a volunteer to um, be appointed admiral for one to go over and help over beat the Thargoids up. And we're also looking for a volunteer for one to help repair stations because you can load it up with all the things that stations need and go and fix them. So we are looking for two more volunteers for two more official Hutton fleet carriers. So what would be a, what would be a, a requirement for a volunteer? You put your hand up and say, me, me, I want to be an admiral, me, please. And obviously have <laughs> enough money to buy a, a fleet carrier. A fleet mm. carrier and kit it out and it's obviously be happy. interested in the subject material, i.e. blowing up Thargoids or fixing stations. Right. So, yeah. But most of it is volunteering. And then you go and park it somewhere useful and you make everybody else do the hard work. I think that's the way it works, isn't it? You stump up the cash, <laughs> they do the hard work. <laughs> And already, fleet carrier owners, several of them have been reported making a profit. A profit? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Been, of a fleet carrier? Yes, absolutely, without them having to do anything. But that's not what they were intended for? No, I think they were intended to just be a salt, a salt sink. <clears throat> Oh, we have a message coming in from Commander Falco Took that, yes, Hackscom and Hackswing are planning to have a fleet carrier. They're just $4,999,999,999 credits short of the purchase price at the moment. <laughs> God, Anyone want to buy a second-hand sidewinder? <laughs> yes, uh, but Commander Falco Took has just uh, put his hand up to say, yes, he's, he's aiming to have one for Haxcom unless anybody gets there first. 
So we have we have a hack swing one potentially. And so there we go. It's, been, it's been very exciting. We've been corrected. Been corrected. Oh. DSSA's deep space support array. Oh, not a survey array or a signal mm, array. No, or a... no, but bowl of petunias in, used and used didn't use all caps when correcting us. So that's very kind. Thank oh, you. Oh, so DSSA is in small letters then. Little D, yes. little S, little S, little A. Little okay. Deep space support array. All right. Um, so yes, they're, they're going to be out there now. There are some websites available where you can find out where they're all going to be parked, and I'm sure they will let us know, or the bowl of petunias will let us know where we find out where those ones are. But if anybody wants to know anything about the various fleet carriers, if you go to our Discord channel, if you're on it, you'll see a special channel for the fleet carriers, and the admirals are all parked in there letting you know all about the fleet carriers in the various channels. So there's one for Hutton Space, which contains Alvin's Paw and the Alvin's Mercy. There is one for the Cloud Atlas, the Hot Bus. And there's a channel for the DSSA. And there's a channel for the Event Bus, the Ruby, Ruby, Ruby. Right. We've we've had a request for more people requesting things of us. We've had a request from a Commander Roots Rat, who is a former Hutton Trucker and now runs um, his own faction as well for a hot pole hour on Hutton Orbital Radio um, because they are a Polish group of commanders who fly around in elite and they've asked very nicely whether we can put aside a little bit of time to dedicate to a, a Polish language hour a, spe- a special broadcast uh, during the week and uh, we, we've gr- graciously said yes of course we'd love to um, so we're going to be bringing you news sometime soon of a special hot poll for our Polish commanders uh, broadcast, uh, possibly a weekend broadcast and set in a time zone to suit them. Um, and yes, we're going to be having some hot poll from Roots Rat. Other than that, Flossie, mm-hmm. Hutton's in a bit of a mess. Yes. Probably. But not that sort of, oh my goodness, we're in danger of retreat kind of mess. The other kind. Expanding. Yep. Uh, We've seen 20% jumps in all sorts of systems. So Alpha Centauri is currently sitting on, what is it, 74.5%. Wise is at 72. Uh, We've got one in the 80s, haven't we? One of the systems is sitting there in the 80s. And we we did not do this. We've checked. We've checked the Hutton Helper, Buck's gone through it, and the Hutton Helper says, nope, no one did anything in those systems, but the population love us so much that they've decided to beat all the others up and put us on top. Um, What that means is we're going to be in expansion for a bit, and then unless it fails, which is usually very unlikely, especially with the influence increases here, um, we're going to end up in a new system that we didn't want to be in and potentially knocking on the door of another player faction. Mm Mm-hmm. We might get a bit upset with this. So if you're one of those factions that's near us and you don't like Hutton invading, it's not our fault. No. It was an accident. Mm. And we will send the apology over, officer over to make fulsome apologies if we tread on your turf. And we've, we've talked about the drought, and the other one is the war. Well, the, we haven't had one of these in a long time, but war means mm. um, go get shooty ship, Flossie, that right. you don't have. Right, <laughs> and you go and accept shooty missions, and you go to the war zones, and you shoot things over yeah. in that system. Then you hand in the bonds to our local agent, and then hopefully we win it and don't lose a system. Yep. Um, we have to win. Is it three or four days on the trot? I think it's 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 three days on the trot, isn't it? Or three 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 wins, and then the fourth the day club. we get to, get to celebrate. 
You get to keep the trophy and take it home. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and tell the other lot to, um, to 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 go take a long walk off a short fleet carrier. <laughs> so yes, if you like the pew pew stuff, then yes, we do need to do a little bit of pew pew over in that system. It, it's not. It, there's nobody actually opposing us. It's just one of those naughty NPC factions that's having a bit of a go because they felt like it. I believe um, Commander Defoe Smith is on combat operations over there with the boarding crew. And of course, it sounds like um, mm-hmm. Rampage and Team Hotbox might be taking care of business over there as well. Now, this is another good thing. Amelia. Yes. We did have a question from somebody who said, but 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 these are on PC. Well, they're not all on PC, but these are all on platform yeah. A. Do we need a separate one on a separate platform? Because obviously the Alvin's Paw is on one platform. Well, it's with Team Hotbox, run by Team Hotbox. But can you see it if you're flying, for instance... On a PC? That's a good question. Um, See, I only play on PC, but a lot of my friends play on Xbox. So. Well, here's your chance. The answer is yes, you can. Mm -hmm. Nice. Fleet carriers that have been purchased on PC can be seen on Xbox. They can be seen on the PlayStation. Just jump into the system and you can interact with them. So you can now buy and sell and join in some of these activities on all platforms. So this is an all platforms announcement. All of these are available to everybody. That's cool. That's very cool. So we might not have cross-play yet, but we're getting there. Mm. Getting closer. Definitely getting closer. So, yeah, it's all a bit of a mess. There is absolutely loads to do. There's stuff in Colonia. There's stuff in our systems. There are droughts. There are wars. There are expansions to prevent. We haven't had this much fun in a long time. (laughs) Anyway, um... Does anybody, before we move on, have anything else to add for the talky bits? Oh, we've got we've got um, some charity going on at the moment, don't we? We do have the uh, one of the the Hutton teams is entering the ten k, the virtual ten k for special effect. Yeah, because they can't do the real ten k because that involves mm. bumping shoulders with each other and getting plague. So they're doing a virtual ten k, and I believe it's being headed up by Commander Overlight, also known as Joshington Bob and joined by a number of Hutton truckers, and details on that are on the Facebook page, and they're hoping to raise the grand total of £250. That's that's not right. They've missed a zero off that, haven't they? <laughs> but yes, um, so um, if you want to find details on the latest fundraiser from the virtual Special Effect 10K, I think the medals are being produced at the moment as well by Special Effect. Um, so the virtual 10K is... Oh, dear, I don't have the details. Quick, Sean! Bail me out here. I'm pressing buttons. I'm pressing pressing buttons. buttons. (laughs) Quick, quick. Does anybody have the details on when it is? Uh, Hello, everybody. How are we doing? Yes. Well, um, yes. Talking, (laughs) talking, talking, talking. talking. Uh, There's there's a special effect. Oh, no, 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 no. Um, It's under, under, um, yeah, him, you know. No, Perry. No, hang on, hang on. Uh, Here we go. I'm just calling it. 5th of July, 5th of July. Is it the 5th of July? Yeah. Oh, they were supposed to do it on 5th of July, but it's not. But you you can actually do it. It starts on 5th of July. You do not have to do it all in one go. You don't have to do it all at I'm the same sh- time. I'm sure he put an event up for this one. Did he put it up in the Hutton page, or does he put it up? I'm sure he did. I've lost it now. This is dreadfully embarrassing. <laughs> while, you guys are, no while you guys are looking for that, I just want to say, I just received a message from a friend of mine, um, and he says, uh, please feel free to also visit his carrier, Cosmic Flipper Tours, 
uh, in the Fan Yin system. Cosmic Flipper Tours, sounds yeah. fun. Are they going around <laughs> some water worlds? You know what? I wouldn't be surprised if he is. Here, here we go. I've got the details here uh, from Joshington Bob. Uh, he says, some of you may remember a post from a few weeks ago from Mr. Lou Snockers himself inviting truckers to pull together in support of special effect by running the virtual London 10K. The Just Giving team page is now live. I know this is a challenging time, so he has set a humble target of £250, but he'd love to smash that. Um, Hutton have got a proud history of supporting activities for special effect. Yes. Activities like transporting mugs to the summit of an active volcano. Yes, we do that. Um, so he was originally looking for additional pilots to sign up. I'm just clicking on it to have a look who is signed up. Does it show me the team? It, all team members, loads of them. So we've got our very own loose knockers. We've got a Mr. Smith, a Mr. Perry, a Mr. Torrens, a Mr. Campbell, a Mr. Pitcher, and a Mr. McAndrew Smith joining the team. And as it stands... Yep, they're 40% to the target. And I'm just looking for dates of when they're going to do it. They're setting off at 9 a.m. on Sunday, the 5th of July, on their own local routes or even on their own running machines uh, with a post-race online meetup as well. <laughs> um, so we're going to hope to catch up with them between now and then to see how their virtual training is going for their virtual 10K. But well done, everybody. That was going to be originally the London 10K, wasn't it? Yes. Yep. The, the now it's the virtual London 10K. Yep, so um, they're going to be going doing that, and uh, we'll put a link to details up on the Facebook page and the Discord once we've um, saved this link and not lost it again. Yeah, I found it two seconds after you did. <laughs> so, yes. elusive little thing, my My Hutton Foo failed me. Right, and now it's time for that bit. You know, story time from Flossie. So uh, it's time to sit back get comfortable and we will get on with the next episode of or from miss marbles so uh, team and maestro take it away when the universe is in trouble bug infestations in the bubble your home stations burn rubble what on earth can we do when your faction leaders are dog and your daily tasks are a slog You're feeling like a youth cog What on earth can we do now? Interstellar initiatives Let Flossie tell you what it is Then you can get involved with this You should listen to what Flossie says Interstellar initiatives Flossie tells us what she thinks it is Then you can get involved with this Now you should listen to what Flossie says Listen to what Flossie says What on earth can we do? Do what Flossie tells you to what if she talks nonsense? Interstellar initiatives Let Flossie tell you what it is Then you can get involved with this You should listen to what Flossie said Now we learn what Flossie said We can put this matter to bed Just keep a voice in your head Flossie told you what to do 
welcome back to Hutton Orbital Radio Book Club, where we present part three of This Other Eden, the tale of the missing mugs, stolen stoneware, or purloined pottery, written by Flossie under the pen name of Tabitha Crispy, read by the author herself, by special arrangement with her manager, before she departs on her tour of the penal colonies of the galaxy, where apparently she'll be reading extracts of her works to make the inmates feel better about being locked away from everyone. The story so far. Miss Marbles is on the trail of a load of Hutton mugs which were misappropriated before they could be given as prizes at the annual Hutton fete. She is en route to Van Marnenstar to visit Eddie Gridler, one of the monks, following a caffeine-based clue from the mysterious floor-mopping guy. But first, her passenger ship is stopping at Jackson's lighthouse. As our ship completed its jump, I was simultaneously struck by how beautiful and bright the star was outside, by a sense of loneliness, as for the first time I was in a system containing no human habitation whatsoever, and by my umbrella, which fell from the overhead rack. I decided to stretch my legs during the preparations for charging the drive in the Newton star and look out at the six stars in the system. Whilst I stood at the portal, gazing into the inky blackness of space, which was being violently pierced by the bright white Newton star and its hypnotically dancing jet cones, a tall figure, smartly dressed, came and stood beside me. Beautiful or deadly, the stranger said in a cultured and quiet voice. Indeed, indeed it is, Mr. I inquired. My name is not important, he replied. Let us just say that I am a fellow passenger who has travelled from Epsilon Indy to here, where I am to rejoin my ship, the Noob Scoop, to continue my trade of salvaging spare parts from ships that do not survive the supercharging process. A sad but surprisingly lucrative business. Before I disembark, can I give you some advice? Okay, Mr. Important, what is it? Let me give you some words of wisdom. Beware the monks, for they are not what they seem. Beware a one-legged seafaring man, for he has travelled to the wrong story. And beware the shrimp salad in the restaurant. Have you seen how far from the sea we are? And with that he was gone, leaving me to wonder how he was going to transfer to his ship. The captain made an announcement of the tannoy that we were about to enter supercruise. At least, I think that's what he said. But he was all but drowned out by the raucous cries from coming from what they laughingly called the reading room, which contained three books. One antique copy of the National Geographic, which fell, upon, or fell open at the road bits and a very politically incorrect magazine containing many pictures that's been thumbed more often than the doorbell on a house of ill repute when the Space Force was in town. I made a note to complain to the captain about the body in the library as soon as we landed. The cabin was suddenly flooded with the bright light of the star and the ship was tossed harder and further than a salad at a Texas barbecue. There were horrible groaning sounds from the ship's superstructure, and on the wall of my cabin, the mirror cracked from side to side, and I was violently and urgently reminded of Mr. Important's advice regarding the shrimp salad. 
Eventually, all became still, including my digestive system, and the captain announced that we were fueled and ready to proceed. I'd like to report that the rest of the journey was uneventful, but it seemed that our pilot wanted to test out how fast he could scoop fuel and how close to the sun he could get at every jump. The ice in my glass boiled, the gin evaporated. That was a crime when I'd poured a double. Sin to waste it, but what can you do? I soon forgot the problems of the trip as we arrived at Van Maan the Star and the ship came into land, passing closely above the famous monastery. I disembarked and took a hober to the gate of the monastery. For those of you who may have used one, a hober is like an Uber, but is considerably cheaper due to the driver's lack of spatial and temporal awareness, so you never know what is going to turn up or when you get there, where there is. But as I say, they are cheap. How much, asked the driver? Four fifty from Padding Town came the very reasonable reply. The ground transport coughed and sputtered away, and I stood with my luggage looking for something resembling a doorbell on the vast, forbidding edifice of the monastery. Eventually, I found a bell pull in a small niche next to the gate, and I pulled it. From the other side of the wall, I heard two voices, one after the other crying, Ding! Dong! After a short while, two robed figures came to the gate. Can we help you? One asked. Did you two just make the sound of a bell? I replied. Yes, I am the big ding and he is the little dong, said the first monk. The second one said nothing, but looked down at his feet all the time, mumbling. I am looking for one of your order, Eddie Griddler, I said. The monk gasped. Sister Josephine? Oh, she is right out of order. Expelled, in fact. Gone, packed her suitcase and left, taking her collection of erotica, unusually hairy forearms and surprisingly masculine perfume. She ran out of here like a box of shorts were on fire, and the last we heard was, Forward my mail to Mitterrand Hollow. Bugger, I would have said, if I was given to an expansive expletive ex- expressions, but instead turned around, called for a hober, and sat down for the long wait. Join us next time when Miss Marbles chases after the missing monastic mendicant and teaches someone the lesson that what goes around comes around in 86 seconds. Flossie told you what to do. With Galnet News releasing their first article in nearly half a year, next up it's our special Galnet Digest. <clears throat> Though, as we're still sulking about all the weeks we didn't actually have one, we're not going to cover the news. Instead, we're going over to the Galnet Food Digest for the next instalment in their Tour of the Galaxy's Most Dangerous Rare Food and Drink. But first... In honour of the long-absent Galnet news that appears to have come back to haunt us just this one week, it's A Ghost by Travis. Tonight, we bring you the latest riveting information from Galnet, our new weekly feature, the Galnet Food Digest. We try everything so you don't have to. 
I'm Amelia Hawke, and tonight we're looking to we're going to be looking at another one of the galaxy's rarest and most dangerous cooking ingredients, the Mokujing Beast Feast. Looking at the crate, the Beast Feast is delivered, and we're in for quite a banquet. The first hint for the contents is the colourful packaging, in orange and black stripes, emblazoned with the words "Warning: They're great. Eat them before they eat you." And a picture of a rather vicious-looking tiger. You have to look carefully, though, as he's well camouflaged. Advertised as the galaxy's most dangerous cereal, this is about as far away as you can get from being made from toasted flakes or puffed rice, unless the flakes have really big teeth and the rice has a habit of dismembering you with each mouthful. Whatever possessed the designers of this cross between a bar snack, tapas serving, and meat fortified breakfast snack to use. The ingredients they did boggles the mind, but the outcome is said to be one of the most exciting meat sweat-inducing feasts in the galaxy. If you want to eat your way to the top of the food chain, then this is the food for you. Nolly Terminal in Mokujing occupies a system with both an Earth-like planet and a water world, and it was here that early settlers discovered. That they shared their new living space with a range of creatures that appeared to want nothing more than to use them as a little bit of snack every now and again, a little bit like Australia, with an abundance of prey creatures on the lush planets. The megafauna of the bitey and eaty variety have developed specialisations in a biological arms race that have left them feared as some of the galaxy's most dangerous wildlife. Whether it's the Mokujing drop bear and its uncanny ability to unscrew the top of your head while snacking on one of your ears, to the toothsome flying Megadonto duck, which not only steals the bread from your hand but takes everything up to your bicep with it, it is said that the reptile life on the planet makes Jurassic Park look like a trip to the local petting zoo, and deep sea fishing is one of the most dangerous professions there is. You do it with a fusion-powered submarine and high-yield warheads, and even then, the many-tentacled Mokujing Kraken will probably just laugh before dragging you to Davy Jones' locker. As humanity does when faced with adversity of this sort, their first thought was, "Can I eat it?" It turns out that you can, and unlike planet Earth, where predators make very poor eating indeed, most people preferring grass-fed, free-range, lab-grown burgers. The fauna on Mokujin is actually quite tasty. If you like the Ucheng chili flavored pork scratchings, or those dodgy late night kebabs that they sell outside the nightclubs in O'Connor in Van Manen Star, usually after a bottle or three of your tonic wine made by the Mad Monks, then this is just the food for you. The ingredients on the box state that the feast is reinforced with 223 confirmed man-eating species. Too many to name here, but we're reassured that the vicious divorce cougar, giant 60-foot tooth tapeworm, it eats your intestines, but from the outside in instead of the inside out. And of course, that old favourite, the mock panda, are all included. As for the taste, it's meaty. Very meaty. The umami flavors are strong, but it leaves anyone snacking on it with an enormous sense of galactic superiority. Haxwing are said to chew on some of the Mokujing beast jerky before engaging the Thargoids in combat. 
They wouldn't be drawn as to whether any of the salvaged Thargoid hearts that accompany explosive green clouds after combat are included, but you can bet your bottom dollar that they're coming out with a new improved recipe sometime soon. Is it worth the cost? Well, judging by those vicious-looking shih tzu we saw prowling outside the compound here, I wouldn't want to head out hunting without being paid an awful lot of money. Definitely not vegan-friendly, though. Next week, exactly what are the botanicals that they use in Bast Gin? And how does it compare to Hutton's very own Centauri Mega Gin? I'm Amelia Hawke, and due to excessive meat sweats after my first Beast Bar snack sample, I'm going to go for a cold drink and a bit of a lie down. This was a special report from the Galnet Food Digest. As is traditional for this part of the show, we choose something suitably country-sounding for the tune before we unleash the buck. This week, country means West Country, and it's the Wurzels with Ruby. again for this week's Hutton Top Trucker. How do we keep up with your shenanigans while you tootle around in the Milky Way? Why, we install this little piece of software called the Hutton Helper in your spaceship. If you ain't already got it installed, you can install it yourself relatively pain-free by going to the website hot.forthemug.com. Almost as pain-free as having to clean Baz's big bubble bus after every tour. So let's get on to our top truckers this week. Yeehaw! From the Explorers, jumping around like them horny rabbits in a field, Commander Cometborn broke last week's distance and jumped 194,095 light years, apparently in an attempt to escape. Uh... I don't know. Maybe everything? I don't blame him. Commander Atik too had fun with his trigger finger again this week, turning the despicably dirty do-batter Don Antonacci and his band of pathetic pirates into space dust. 
He racked up over 49 million credits worth of bounties while tearing the engines out of every one of the Don ships. Running missions faster than a summer romance, Commander Montgomery Python took the lead and tallied up 1,431 mission points this week. Loading up the new trailer attachment to the rear of a Lacon Type 9 and filling it to the brim, Commander Mindwipe hauled almost 68,000 tons of cargo around the galaxy yet again. Each delivery even came with its own mixtape of Mindwipe's duets. Driving the Hutton High Speed Rail this week, Commander Dr. Bismo delivered 985 passengers around the galaxy. Our fastest run to Hutton Orbital is held by Commander Brett Riverboat in 1 hour, 22 minutes, and 31 seconds. But the fastest run to Hutton in this month of June is held by Commander Thomason in 1 hour, 24 minutes, and 11 seconds. If y'all think you got what it takes to beat these scores, then download the Hutton Helper and get to flying. If you want to hear your name on this here radio station, make sure you got the Hutton Helper installed. Pick it up on the web at hot.forthemug.com and get to trucking. And don't forget, if you do hear your name called out and you ain't already got one, get in touch with us to get your very own Hutton decal for your ship. Button Top Trucker, brought to you by Lacon Spaceways, the only ships in the galaxy that come with an emergency Hutton mug under the seat. We've got the leftovers from the feast up next. It's the Mystery Skulls with It's Mine. A tribute to every explorer who stood on a planet's surface and planted their flag, proudly declaring that this one particular landable rocky planet out of hundreds of billions was indeed theirs. Enjoy. And it wouldn't be the same if I couldn't find a tune that would cut off ever so suddenly, especially for our producer. But yes, <coughs> it's mine by the Mystery Skulls. Oh, some toe-tapping tunes this evening. There's a lot of love from the Waruars. <laughs> from Litho Breaker and from uh, Graham MK and Friends who are, who are. <laughs> Ruby, 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 Ruby. Yes, um, obviously, uh, as that is the FTM, Ruby, Ruby, Ruby. Um, it has a, a double meaning. It's dedicated to the FTM, Ruby, Ruby, Ruby. So, um, oh dear, we've, we've stormed through that one this evening. I thought we had loads. We did have loads in the, loads in the show. <laughs> Um, but it is that part of the show where uh, I'm going to catch up with my co-presenters and just because we do our little, we're not doing the green room, we're just checking up what everybody's been up to this week while um, everybody thinks about the guesses. So we're going to do a bit of a hint session. We're then going to check on everybody and then we're going to give the giveaway of what it all means. So who am I going to pick on first? So Amelia, our first yes. tune this evening. Ascots. By Quinn Escorts Mills. By Quinn Mills. Okay, and uh, Flossie, the second one. A ghost by Travis. And Palantir. Ruby, by the Wurzels. And then we had It's Mine by the Mystery Skulls. Right, <coughs> we'll get your final guesses in. Um, so before we head off, then Amelia. Yes. Have, have you been flying in glorious VR this week? Um. 
I haven't this week, no. But uh, no. I, I did last week. I, I joined Baz and his Motley crew. And oh, we, the, the banter bus. Yes. Um, and we, we went to do some Guardian sites and I saw brain trees for the first time. They're quite big, aren't they? You see pictures of them and you think those are the little things that are in front of your SRV, but you get under them in the SRV and they're... They're, they're, they're huge. I mean, they're, they're enormous. I didn't realise, I'd never been to one, and I, I saw all the pictures and thought, oh, they're cute. And then, then I saw the picture from the banter bus of a tiny little SRV with a whacking great big brain tree <laughs> over it. And they're beautiful. I mean, the, the the planet that we landed on had, it was, it's almost like it had a thin atmosphere and it was all red. Yeah, you, were, you were in a, a sort of red nebula, weren't you, of some sort? It, it, no, I don't think we were in a nebula. I think it was just the atmosphere of the planet. It was stunning. All right. It was maybe they give off. Stunning. Maybe they give off some, I don't know, fumes from brain trees. No idea. <laughs> but no, that that looked that looked fun. And um, are you going to go and have a look at any of the um, the official fleet carriers? Maybe pop along to to Wise to look at some water and, and help with the water, or you uh, uh, have a look at. I'm thinking. I mean, it, obviously, I've not been thinking about this very long, but I've I've been thinking that the. Uh, the um the one that's heading out to colonia the hot bus um, yeah mm. yeah uh, is going to need miners for tr- tritium i had to think about that yes. for a second <laughs> now, the thing to think about is because it's making all these jumps if you've yes. got the, if you've got the time off because obviously it, it does a i think they they can do a jump every how long is it there's a there's cool down timer on it isn't it about so 15 minutes so they, they jump mm. and jump and jump but then they're going to park overnight at certain locations where they might need to get a couple of local things. But of course, if you miss the bus when it leaves, you've got a problem. That's true. So if you're going to get on the bus and you hop off to do any mining, just make sure you, you post to, to, to profit <laughs> Velen that you're getting him some more tritium <laughs> while you're out there. Otherwise well, I mean, the bus might leave without you and leave you stranded on some dodgy street corner in Hull. My, my type nine <laughs> has a 40 light year jump range. So it's, it's not bad. I and mean, a, I've been out a fuel some, scoop. Wow. Yes. Um, Yes, it does. Don't don't ever leave home without a fuel scoop. Oh, well, it, well, it jumps 500 light years every, I don't know, whatever it is, 15 minutes. So, yes, you might have to fly like the wind <laughs> to catch up with but, it. But um, it, it's one of those things where um, back in the day before engineering, uh, I went to the core and back in, in an ASP that could barely do 30 light years. So having a 40 light year jump on my Type 9 <laughs> is kind of luxury, really. So yeah, it's probably more than most of mine jump. I think I get I get about twenty out of most of mine, but that's probably because they're engineered and heavy, and they're not they're not really for exploring that much. That's why I'm catching the bus out there because um, I tried going out towards Colonia once, and I got three thousand light years, and then got space madness. So I Turned came back. around and came back. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've never been out to Colonia, so I am considering. It's doing- it's quite busy out there. There's a lot to do out there at the moment. There are a load of mining missions over at um, WNL to help well, out. I- I wouldn't be staying out there. If I went out there, I'd probably come on the same trip back with the carrier. I'd just be going out there to have a look around and say hi to people. Well, there's um, <laughs> there's some nice... Uh, they're going via a bunch of nebulae as well en route. So it's actually taking... I think, um, Prophet Velen and uh, um, Mike, correct me, but I think they're going out via a bunch of nebulas as well. So you might find there's some good sites en route too. And I'm on board. So, of course, if we do make a stop off, I can always come and do some mining with you. That might, that might be fun. Hmm. But um, so that's that's you. And then how about Flossie? Have you been to a fleet carrier yet? I haven't yet. No. Oh, they're, they're I've, lovely. I've not though. even been in the game. Because <laughs> there there are different layouts of them, and a lot of the people who've been buying. I mean, their, their major title is a Drake class carrier. 
Mm-hmm. But there are there are three different versions. There's the Fortune class, the Nautilus class, and the Victory class. And um, one of them looks like a hammerhead, and one of them's got like a big dome on the front of it. So there are there are three different variations, other than the base one as well. Right. But it, it doesn't just change simple cosmetics; it's the whole layout. Ah, you know, so some of them have got big pillars of cargo canisters on the top and all sorts. So um, they really are worth going to have a look at the, the variations on them. And of course, you you all land on the top, so it, it's not like the current um, rescue ships where you've got sort of a, a a triangular shape and you dock on one of the sides. They're flat, so you all dock on the top. And if you ah. get a bunch of commanders take off together, you can all sort of take off in a wing from mm. the top of this carrier. Um, oh, they, they, they're quite nifty. Yeah. And uh, when uh, so when they jump. Um, you get a, a warning at the destination that it, it's going to be arriving. So you can park at the destination and actually see these things arrive in system. And it, if you've ever seen the capital ship arriving, it, it's quite spectacular. Mm-hmm. But if you try and look at it jumping out, no, you get <laughs> dropped into the hangar for safety. Otherwise, you get you know, ejected into <laughs> witch space and, and fed to Thargoids. Ooh, good all that. You know, that's an idea. I'm, it can <laughs> If you're... Right. Obviously, you can't watch it if you're on the ship, but if you're outside the ship at the time, can you watch it leave? You can do. Um, or you can go, You get. A, I think you get a warning that it's going to be arriving in, in system as well. The first destination of the Cloud Atlas is actually only 500 light years away from the bubble, I think. You know, I might just watch it leave and then catch up um, with we've, it. We've, um, in, the, in the Discord channel, there's a published list of the destinations. So you might, if you coordinate nicely with them, um, uh, the FTM Cloud Atlas, be able to actually see it arrive in system. <laughs> cool. Because if you're in the system, you get a warning it's going to be there and you get a POI and you jump into the POI, get out of Super Cruise, and then you can see it arriving. Oh, nice. So, yeah, it is mm. It is quite nice, as you say. Very nice. Oh, hang on a second. The Maiden Voyage, a message from Prophet Valley. The Maiden Voyage is the express run out to Colonia, mm-hmm. um, but the return route is going via the Nebula route. So the way out is going to be a speed run, but the way back is the casual one that's going to stop off and have a look at things. You know, I might do the round trip. It just sounds so much fun. <laughs> well, have a look in the Discord channels. It's and like you'll going see on a cruise. It is. <laughs> yeah. A socially distant cruise. You can stay in your spaceship in your little bubble and stay two metres away from every other ship. Otherwise, you get fined. Um, security on them is provided by the local security forces. So if it's in a populated system, the security is actually provided by the security from the local system. What security is provided when you're out in the middle of nowhere, I've not found out yet. Right. But usual rules do apply. Don't do anything naughty in the no-fly zones. Plossy, like drop stuff. <laughs> um, and I do understand they have loaded up some some mugs and gin as well. So those that have been out to Hutton Orbital have been loading up with mugs and gin. So they have got themselves some, some booze and something to drink out of as well. There was um, a, a question that came in from a, a commander, what is it, Just Call Me Wendy, who some of us know fairly well asking whether mm-hmm. the bar was well stocked. The answer is, oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> They're bringing Cecil back. So it won't be well stocked afterwards. But, yeah. Um, so so Flossie's not seen those ones yet. So, what, I mean, have you been just sort of, you know, practicing being a tail gunner in a, in a B-52 somewhere? Or have you actually been fuel ratting? Or what have you been up to? I haven't. <laughs> uh, I've been playing World of Warcraft a lot. And, of course, Animal Crossing. But World of Warcraft's got double XP at the moment, so I've been trying to level up some of my lower characters before the next well, expansion. I thought they allowed you to speed level everything these days, but then again, it's been many, many years since I... Uh... Well, unfortunately, I'm on a character now that I 
speed leveled a while back up to 100 I think and I missed out all the the sort of various things and suddenly found myself at this higher level not knowing what to do (laughs) (laughs) do you know what that describes my entire gaming experience (laughs) I got here what what is it and I have absolutely no idea it's a druid and I've got no idea how to play it I press buttons and I'll suddenly turn into a cat or I'll suddenly turn into a bear and I don't know why (laughs) (laughs) oh bother says Flossie (laughs) in the latest boss fight um Okay, and, and how about Commander Palantir? I've been pretty quiet, apart from spending about a day and a half getting my new stream deck set up and learning the intricacies of voice meter. That's, um, ah. that's been fun. And, and, and have you got the special panel that I've got here for actually flying your spaceship? Because I've, I've confused yes, mine. For yes, you. yes, I've got one of those there. But I've been spending some time getting ready for the show. I've got a button that when I start stream deck up, I have a button with... Hutton Orbital on it, I press it, and all of the windows that I need for the show open up and put themselves in the right place. Hmm. And does it give you your colouring pens for colouring in the script? No, it it doesn't. doesn't. Aren't colourblind know which bit's ours? (laughs) No, it doesn't. And obviously, I also, as you can tell, you can't tell, as everybody else could tell, that I missed a couple of them (laughs) at the beginning of the script earlier. They looked... Yeah, they, they, they look I, like they were plausible colours. I have absolutely colors. no idea. I mean, I can't no, even I tell what colour the winky lights are outside the stations. I have to I have to work on the winky one and the not winky one, as opposed to apparently red and green. No. <laughs> I don't know which right, one the winky one is, though. Don't worry, it's your only fault. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, ooh, a little bit of stick in my mouth there, sorry. Oh, oh. <laughs> terrible, terrible. <laughs> well, I mean, other, other than that, um, I've been out in WNL. Um, helping out with um, yes the shenanigans over at Dunker's Rest. It's it's proving to be quite hard work. We made loads of progress, and then everything went pear shaped the last two days, and they ran away with ten percent of the influence. Going blah, 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 no 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 no, we've got all your influence, um, which was not great. But um, you know, well well done to the team, uh, Millstone Barn and Graham MK and Bam and uh, Montgomery Python, uh, NSR, loads of other commanders out there that are uh, uh, pushing the missions pretty hard. We've been pushing something like three hundred missions a day between us, four hundred missions a day through that system. So yes, uh, as uh, Mister Archer says, there save Dunkers. Yes, we need our biscuits back or their biscuits back. But of course, the um, the bus contains a load of ships that are coming out to lend a hand as well you see so <laughs> i don't know if it's going to help but there are going to be much more exciting ships out there engineered ones mm. Mm. i've mastered the art of um, speed docking as well there's a lovely little uh, lovely little run out there where you um, can take passengers but it turns out the passengers are quite often illegal so i'm having to come into the planet like some kind of flaming <laughs> spear coming out of the sky and just sort of nose into the pad but running only a class three shield on a on a phantom it, it's a close run thing as to whether you take hull damage and upset the passengers or get scanned and really upset the passengers so um, <laughs> yeah mastering the art of speed docking without dying has been my week so far but other than that i think we've given everybody ample time to guess the theme should we go through a few of the guesses mm. apart from the ones that say don't read this one out um, so who are we going to start with? Let's start with Amelia with our our first guess. It's so, in it. It's in it. What? Oh, sorry. Oh, right. <laughs> Far away. So uh, our first guess comes from Commander Prophet Valen. 
He says, Hutton run new record validity. I think that one was just arbitrarily thrown in to boast. <clears throat> yes, somebody appears to have faked their speed run to Hutton by hopping a lift on somebody else's somebody else's fleet carrier on the way up and has clocked up some silly quick time, like 12 minutes to Hutton. Doesn't count. If you haven't yeah. run it properly, it doesn't count. That kind we'll of give you, the fun We'll give you it, credit for the, the fastest sneaky run to Hutton being 12 minutes, but um, no, the, the fastest genuine run to Hutton still sits with Brett Riverboat. But no, Prophet Velen, it's not that. And then Flossie, our second guess of the... We're allowed to read these ones out. Um, is it things that should never be exposed to direct sunlight? We've had a Scot and a ghost so far. I suppose there was a skull there as well. But unfortunately, no lithobreaker. It is not things that should never be exposed to direct sunlight. And uh, Palantir? Yes, and... We've got Graham MK came in with what he thought was really easy. Ha, 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 ha. After the uh, the four, well, third tune, he came in and said, ah, it's the Hutton Fleet Carriers. O-R, O-R. O-R at eight. Ruby, uh-huh. Ruby, 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 wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Smells like a cow pat, that does. <laughs> well, of course, we've been sent a video by um, by Snuggles McKeague as well today of, of him out in his tractor. So the UR UR was very appropriate. He was his, his tractor, or his he was towing various bits of equipment behind it that were going om nom 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 through a field. We don't want any more muck spreaders than Hut Norble Radio. I say, <laughs> there's only so much room for muck. <laughs> but um, no, it wasn't that. <clears throat> so we we do have um, some guesses. Who got there first, Mister Palantir? Um, Falco took came in right at the beginning with a correct one after the first tune and then proceeded to get further and further away before coming back at the end, including, I must say, and I'm not going to read anything out yet, including all of the links and a correct guess for the last tune. Right. And do you have any of his fake wrong guesses handy there? Um, yes, I do. It are, was, they, uh, are, they, are they readable, outable on air without getting us you know, cut off? No, it was um, after the second tune, Auguste Mackay who was the ghostwriter of many Alexander Dumas books. I mean, that, I thought we were Okay, we did, that, so, we yeah. did mm-hmm. you see, someone was paying attention this week because we did actually mention the Musketeers at the start of the show. Mm-hmm. Yes, <clears throat> other, I have had a couple of people say, oh, maybe it is something about that, yeah. And then oh, see, that, that was Carriers. a bum steer, that one. Uh, which was lucky because I, I did actually point out to him the, the a British expression that did, um, did apply here that he was going about it arse about face at this point. Yes, um, because he was getting <laughs> further away. <clears throat> and and um, okay, so are we going to say what what he said then? What did he guess? He guessed Scooby Doo. Scooby Doo. Who else guessed Scooby Doo? Well, Atrus fifty sixty came in with that, uh, and if Foco took hadn't come up with that initial guess, Atrus would have been first. As our very own Atrus fifty sixty said, Scooby Doo uh, <laughs> early on, uh, and. Right, late on. So a tail gunner, a bit like Flossie in her... Yeah, coming here, shutting the horse's door after he's bolted is uh, Litho Breaker. So given that Falco Took was a smarty pants with all the guesses, what were his explanations for the tunes that he gave? I will, uh, and I will, I will, I will say when we get to the third tune, uh, um, Atrus 
actually had an extra explanation, which was, uh, and then Falco took him up with the same one, which was uh, something we weren't expecting. But uh, so okay. we've got, yes, and I'm just scrolling through while I talk. So mm-hmm. we got first one, the Ascot by Quinn Mills. The Ascot is what Fred always wore at his neck. It is the name of his neckerchief. And of course, our tune was about wearing an Ascot at my neck. Yeah, so it was a pretty pretty obvious one this week, but mm-hmm. you had to back it up with getting it right on the second yes. issue. Now, I think and- I think Amelia can probably match this guess on the second. Why is this tune relevant to Scooby Doo, Amelia? Let me just zoom up and find out which tune it was that we played. It was the Travis. A one. ghost by Travis. A ghost. Obviously, they're they're always going after ghosts, aren't they? Or or monsters or creepy crawlies of some kind. Absolutely. And then um, now Flossie, <laughs> the third one. Ruby, that was the name of the girl, I think, wasn't it? No. No. It, well, it, 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 it actually was. I, I didn't know. Ruby was actually Scooby's sister and the mother of Scrappy-Doo. Oh, oh I right. did not so, know that. No, I did not know that. So what, what David they, and I were coming at completely Long time since I saw Scooby-Doo. But we know that now. <laughs> Ruby, Ruby, Ruby! <laughs> Ruby, 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 <laughs> Ruby, do Raggy, Ruby, 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 Roo. Yes, that'd be Scooby Doo himself. Um, Ruby, Ruby, Roo says Naughty Body Wash. No, it isn't that guess you put in there either. You're too late. Um, and then the fourth tune, Mr. Palantir, was It's Mine by the Mystery Skulls. And of course, apart from them solving mysteries generically, what's it say on the side of their van? Three it's the mystery machine. Absolutely. So that was really, really easy. And if anybody's been paying any attention, you can probably guess what the tune's going to be in a second. No prizes, but you can probably <laughs> guess what it is. I've had, um, some, I've had several wrong guesses for that with Monster Mash. Uh, the one that, remember, that I suggested, anything by Shaggy. But um, <laughs> Yes. <laughs> but it remains for us to say this week, thank you very much, everybody who's in the studio. It's been enormous fun. Well done to Norm for bringing up the video cameras from the basement and installing them this week. And they have worked so far. You've only no got problem. a couple of minutes left. Absolutely <laughs> flawlessly. We have had a request for a repeat performance of one of the tunes from earlier after the end of the show. So after mm-hmm. this last tune, you can always listen to a little bit more of Ruby, Ruby, Ruby by the Wurzels, <laughs> or cover version by the uh, Wurzels. Um, thank you very much to our, um, our listener as well for joining in. And, of course, to all those people that have donated billions of credits of cash and lots of time to getting their fleet carriers ready. We will be back next Thursday. It'll be a Mr. Cow week, and I'm sure we're going to have lots more information about the uh, the fun and shenanigans going on in the galaxy. In the meantime, there's plenty to do to keep your lockdown busy over the weekend. <laughs> so have fun, everybody, and stay well and stay safe. We're going to say uh, for the mug. For the, for the mug! And hand over to the fun-loving criminals and their Scooby Snacks. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that's the end of the show. Everybody's buggered off now, so why don't you bugger off? Nato, for the mug.